And we are back. Civil Discord, people. Episode two. We have made it. Can you believe it? We are here. And as always, I'm part of, I'm one of your hosts, Maurice Jones. And across from the, uh, across the, the country, the other side on the West Coast on how we do things is Miss Amanda. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm well in the People's Republic of California. How, <laughs> how about yourself? Uh, I've been better, I will say. I've been better. It's been a trying week, um, but we're here. We made it. Um, it is another great day, a great day to be alive, and a great day to discuss things to, to better our lives and things that are happening to um so, so that things are happening so we can better understand how to address things that are happening in our lives and whatnot. But there's a special it's a special birthday. Somebody's birthday is it? It, it is. It is someone's <laughs> birthday. It is, and I've got the T-shirt. So if this were an interactive video podcast, you would see that I have I have a Machiavelli T-shirt. Yes. It is Niccolo Machiavelli's birthday. Uh, no longer with us in body, but always with us in spirit and in literary greatness. So, <laughs> uh, definitely something that people should care about. Machiavelli gets a bad rap. And full disclosure, I have been doing uh, unpaid PR for Machiavelli probably since I was in uh, late middle school, early high school. And I, I continue to study him. He's a big part of my grad research to this day. Okay. So I, I'm a bit of a stan. Um, but Nothing I'm, wrong with I'm that. a more professional stan. So uh, yeah, he's, he's a good one to know and certainly to read and to, to vindicate, I think. In a right. Lot yeah. Now, and, and so I, I will say like, I, I did not understand the whole Machiavellian thing. And I still don't quite understand, like, it's always the, the, the whole, um, the way I've, I've always had it described to me is like manipulation and, and as far as like almost from from a narcissistic kind of stance, as opposed to um, to, to and, and so it's always like a bad rap like oh you don't want to be a, like if you're a, Mac, a, a Machiavellian like you're bad you're 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 this kind of person like we don't want to associate with you. But when I first heard you speak about him, I was like, hold up, you completely just is like changing my my, my entire viewpoint on the world and why I continue to need to question everything. I'm, I'm thrilled, I'm thrilled to hear that. And I, so you're not wrong about the word Machiavellian itself, like the way that it's used, that's exactly what it means. Right. Uh, the unfortunate fact, however, is that Machiavelli ended up being translated and brought into the English language at a time when it was really unpopular to be mm -hmm. an Italian because he's being translated during the English Protestant Reformation. Machiavelli may or may not have been a practicing Catholic, jury's out on that, but the fact was that he, uh, he stood for Catholicism by virtue of having been an Italian writing during the age of papal monarchy. So when he was translated, and in fact, he was first introduced to an English-speaking audience through critiques. So it's mm. sort of like before you hear a person's speech, you hear about how horrible it is, right? right. Like if I came at you and I started telling you all this horrible stuff about Joe Biden's State of the Union, right? Right. Then you would automatically be primed to listen to it and think, oh my gosh, there's this horrible guy. Same deal. Right. Um, so we already 
he was he was a scapegoat essentially for Catholic sacrilege. And so we always were going to get him a little bit wrong. Um, right. Yeah. A lot's been lost in translation. And th- that makes sense. You know, you always, and, 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 and we, we kind of had this discussion a few weeks ago, but um, I had brought up Malcolm X and, and, and how I feel like a lot of people have just completely misunderstood Malcolm X and what he stood for and so forth. And, and people always come, people always compare him to being the opposite of a, of MLK. He was more militant MLK and well, Martin Luther King Jr. I'm sorry. Cause he is a junior cause I'm a junior too. So I got to make sure I emphasize that. Um, whereas people, most people don't realize, no, like Malcolm X didn't even like want to touch Martin Luther King Jr. Because they stood for completely different things. And so, and, and, and I can see when most people are, are introduced to, to, to Malcolm X, it's always, he's militant he's this like 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 he he's he's the angry version of that when that's not at all the case and so when, when you're introduced to people that way you all you automatically have this bad taste of whatever is in your and so anything that comes up that's positive about them you always want to take it like mm, i'm not entirely sure let me let, let me push back kind of thing so yeah uh it's 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 really interesting how i remember having a, that conversation with you and how it you, does get so distorted, right? And you were talking at the time about what an awesome figure Malcolm X is for liberty, even if, of course, you know, he wouldn't be identified as a libertarian. And right. I wouldn't identify Machiavelli as a libertarian, in part because libertarianism didn't exist in Machiavelli's writing. And so I don't like doing that retrofitting. Right. But you were saying that Malcolm X had these ideas that we can carry forward today and we can bring into that, that we can apply to all of these diverse circumstances. Can you say a bit about that? Cause I, I do want to hear about <laughs> that too. Oh, that would probably, th- that, that would be a lot to discuss, a, a, a right. lot to discuss. And because of how things happened this past week, Probably, probably for a different episode, but I'd love okay. to get into it because it, okay. it it will take a lot because there there are a lot of things to actually dispel about mm-hmm. Malcolm X before sure. we get into it, but, but before we 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 dive into who he was as a person and and his his beliefs and how he would stand up today. Um, sure. So, but all of that to say, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday! Yes. Happy birthday. Sorry for all the misunderstandings and and sorry for all the misconceptions of what you actually stood for. But I guarantee you, it's not. People look into it, dive into them. Don't just take our word for it. Don't take don't don't think that that we are the law when it comes to these things, because, again, we we, we research things as we should. And so should you if you're listening to this podcast. So. All that to say, speaking of, so last week we, we we had talked about, you know, the CDC and Dr. Fauci and how they're clinging on to these masks and clinging on to something. They need something to find on. We kind of, you kind of had something happen last week after, after recording the podcast. Do you, you kind of want to go into that? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I was thinking a little bit after we recorded, and I, 
I had another thought because I was thinking more and more about this. You can wear a mask outside or you cannot wear a mask. But there's so many double negatives. You cannot wear a mask outside if you've been vaccinated. We talked a little bit about how absurd that was, right? Mm. That assumption that that somehow it's bad to not wear a mask outside if you haven't been vaccinated. And I, uh, I got a little bit ranty on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the I, best place to rant. It is, it's so good uh, because you're limited, but then you can do the thread. So it all works out in the end. Exactly. And it was confusing to me because it seems to me that this, this claim that if you're vaccinated, you can be unmasked outside. It seems like that's predicated on two mutually exclusive premises. And so maybe someone can help me out and tell me where I'm going wrong. The first premise is that if you're vaccinated, you cannot wear a mask outside, but not inside, you still gotta wear a mask. Why is that? Because if COVID spreads, the logic goes, it almost always spreads indoors, which is true. And that's why Gavin Newsom's outdoor dining ban was so horrible. Um, but that brings us to the second premise. Um, so if COVID spreads more easily outdoors than indoors, or sorry, indoors than outdoors, then people who are not vaccinated should be able to not wear a mask outdoors too. Second premise is the vaccinated cannot wear a mask outdoors, but unvaccinated cannot. Why is that? Because vaccination all but eliminates the risk of contracting and spreading COVID. Finally, the CDC even copped to this after so many studies showed this. But that's a big whoops for anyone who's pushing permanent <laughs> or even semi-permanent indoor face covering. So again, right. it's true. It is true. Vaccination all but eliminates the risk of contracting and spreading COVID, which is why I think if you don't have any pre-existing risks, it's a great idea to get vaccinated if you'd like to, if you would like to. So it also suggests that people who are vaccinated can not wear a mask regardless of whether they're outside or inside. But then the retaliation comes, no, 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 no. The virus spreads more easily indoors. So if people who are vaccinated are going to spread the virus, they're gonna do it indoors. Why? Because outdoors and indoors with ventilation, air is circulating all the time and it disperses aerosols. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem because since outdoor and ventilated indoor circulation disperses aerosols, it should be safe for everyone to not wear a mask outdoors, vaccinated or otherwise. Right. But again, you kind of have the self-negating premise loop, which goes, no, 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 no. The unvaccinated are more likely to spread COVID. So if you're going to get COVID outside, you're going to get it from somebody who's not vaccinated because vaccines, as we've seen in vivo, are 95 to 99.9% .9 effective at preventing COVID acquisition and spread. Right. And since that's true, it should be safe for the vaccinated to not wear a mask outdoors or indoors. And again, you get that self-negating loop that the virus spreads more easily indoors. So if you're gonna get if you're gonna get COVID, you're gonna get it indoors. So then you try to explain, and again, here is the money shot. Since COVID spreads almost exclusively inside with poor ventilation 
and almost never outside, it's safe for everyone to not wear a mask outside. And since vaccines are 95 to 99 plus percent effective at blocking acquisition and spread, it should be safe for you to not wear a mask outside and inside if you've been vaccinated or have immunity. I, I feel like I feel like the people who go back and forth with you on this are like living in Harrison Bergeron or something. I, I, <laughs> I really, it, it's like you, you can't think past five seconds. You yeah. like a goldfish just swimming around. Am I, have I gone wrong somewhere? What am I not seeing? So what I feel like you're not seeing is you're not trusting the science. You're not, you're not trusting the experts, because there's a key word, the experts say that only, only vaccinated people can wear it outside. So, yeah. because, because if that's what the experts say, and they say that if you're not vaccinated, you have to wear a mask outside, then that's what they're going to say. And so people, and so people only stop there. They don't, they don't go further into, un, into understanding of, where the virus actually spreads, how people contract it. Like there is no, there is no forethought in in any of these concepts. It's always a, oh, well, all hell the 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 almighty government, they said that this is how things should be. So this is how things should be. So um like your your almighty gov in California said, hey, we are you know, outdoor dining is not okay then then here we go you know you want to know what's crazy though is that newsom's own health director little known fact because this this got pretty scrubbed newsom's own health director admitted in court that the that the uh overturned since overturned restaurant closures were not about science they were just about keeping people inside their homes really there is there is a quote to that effect yes uh wow it's, it's a beautiful thing but you know, you've got you try to quote the science to the scientists, and it's just it's like it's not adding up. I'm doing hand gestures showing it's not adding up to the audience. Well, I it, it it doesn't add up for me for, for for a couple of reasons, and I think people don't care if it adds up or not, because one, when when you and I are having these conversations with people, we're not talking to scientists, we're talking to people who and I, and I will try to refrain from using derogatory terms on this podcast. Um, so I'm not going to call them sheep, but you are going to, you're, you're talking to people who, who don't research and, and, and don't actually read the things that they're doing. And so when you do that and, and you're talking to these people, you're, you are talking to people who have, who have arrived to a decision based on emotions and not rationality in the sense of, of, of intellect. And so when, when you don't speak to their emotions, they don't listen. And so right. at, at that point, it's, it's like, you can't reason with somebody who's arrived at their thought via emotions because they didn't get there on, on an intellectual level as far as reading, understanding. Um, you know, when I was in grade school, we had this thing called riff, reading is fundamental. Like, they didn't arrive to their to to their understanding of that. It was more of like a 
oh, well, somebody told me this and I'm trying to save lives. And regardless, like I'm going to do this. And because somebody said, somebody said that this is what I should do, then I'm going to do that. And that that's, that's difficult. I mean, and, and, but, but I can say, at least for me, me and my household, like nothing has changed. And I will, and I'll be forth, forthright in all this, just tested positive for COVID 100%, just tested positive. But you want to know what I've, because I've done the research prior to it, I know how this stuff passes. I know that as soon as, as, as soon as, as soon as I came as, as soon as I showed any type of symptom, I was like, you know what? Let me make sure. I was supposed to go out of town this weekend and hang out with my mom and do all kinds of things or whatnot. But even over this past year, I've been like a dude, like COVID is serious, but I but 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 the regulations or the 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 mandates or whatever you want to call them, you can't call them laws because they're not laws. Um, these mandates that have come down have not been the right have not been right in, in as far as the rationale that in as far as w- how they've come down like it's not been there's not been any there's not been any science like Gavin Newsom's health director said there's not any science beyond be, be, be behind anything that they're doing you know so you're telling me because you you said you're an anarcho-capitalist so yep, sure am I I thought I have been told by by the Twitter world that all anarcho-capitalists and people like that think that COVID is is a hoax. Oh and no! Even COVID. So. Not at all. Not at all. Never like, once thought it was a hoax, and even to the point you you want to know and people may 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 say all kinds of things. I treated COVID like I treat the flu. If I get sick during flu season. I make sure that I take precautions to not get anybody else sick. That's what I do. I don't go hanging around other people. I don't go hanging around people's kids. I don't go hanging around my mom. If if I'm sick and I'm showing some some sort of symptom, you know what I do? I stay home. I make sure that I'm well. And once I'm clear of all that, I go out and do it. And and, and then I'll go out and, and I'll do everything. And before... If, if, if people want to come over to the house, hey, Maurice, you know, I'm going to come hang out. Look, hey, I'm not feeling well. I just want you to know, hey, man, I don't care. If you're sick, whatever. I, I just want to come hang out with you. Okay. I just want you to know that you're accepting the risk of coming into my house because I'm, I'm, a lot, I'm informing you of the situation. So none of that changes. None of, it hasn't changed with me. It hasn't changed with my family. I don't, I don't go anywhere now because, of course, I'm like, if I'm tested positive, like, and I'm showing a little bit of a symptom, like, "Hey, I've got a slight headache." I mean, and 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 I and I know condi- I, I know that that the symptoms are very different for for everybody. Like, I, with the other people in the household, like some people lost a sense of taste. I can still taste. You know, there's a deep cough. I don't. You know, I I had a, a kind of a cough, but everything that I had felt like a sinus infection that I've had multiple times. Whereas for other people, it's very different. There is some shortness of breath and whatnot. So it's a real thing. I just, I fir- I'm still a firm believer that even after 15 days to slow the, slow the spread, the actions that have been taken from this to take people's freedoms away. And I hate using that, that term because my freedoms, my freedoms, this, my freedom. And, and I get that. And I get why people get frustrated 
with that with that concept because it's been so it's so cliche especially with the times that we're living in right now but the fact that we take people's and i don't want to use the word liberty but we take people's choice to make a decision and we force it for them like we're their parents like the government is not sorry people the government is not your parents the government is not your baby daddy like that's not how the government works and that's not how the government should work so i make my own decisions and i assume my own risk i i'm not an anti-vaxxer i don't want to get the vaccine i caught the covid that was a risk that i was willing to take and i'm okay with that and I will live by that. And I want people to know, because I don't want anybody, if I happen to pass and people go to my funeral and say something, I want you guys to know, nope, Maurice will 100% to this day said he did not want to take the vaccine, partly because I don't take the flu shot. So if, if, I, if I'm taking a flu shot, I'm not taking this one either. But do what you want to do and assume your own risk. That is all that this boils down to 100%. Don't look to, do not look to Maurice for answers. Don't look to Amanda for answers. Don't look to those names who will not be spoken on this podcast for answers because they don't have it. Do the research yourself and look at actual studies. And that's all I'll say about that. Sorry, I got on my little tangent and I was, whoo, sorry. Cause I Amen. caught it and I'm not, I'm probably not in my right mind right now. Probably not, but okay. <laughs> I know. Thank you. And I, it's, you know, it's, it's good. I mean, well, it's, it's interesting to know your position hasn't changed, although I've, I've rarely heard people's position change either way. And so now, now you argue, arguably have immunity for quite a long time. There are a lot of studies that are showing you might have immunity for several years at least. Right. But again, those are getting scrubbed all nicely. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if I get the vaccine, I may have to take it three months, six months down the road for, and, and again, like, I, I, I don't, I don't knock people who want to take the vaccine because if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Like yeah. that, like, I like that, that's just it. I don't care. You know, if that's what you want to do, do it. I don't want to do it. And now I don't have a reason to do it because I already got it. Like, Hey, if you've got the vaccine, uh, should you have a medical exemption to keep you from work if your work involves being in front of people? If you've had the vaccine and you've had both doses and you've got the full, what, what would you say if you've never claimed a medical exemption from work before, you've been vaccinated? <laughs> okay, so, so. In order to understand your question, because I, I just want to lay this out. So I got the vaccine, mm. both doses. Mm. I've never claimed a medical exemption in my entire life. To keep you from work. To keep me from working. But now I'm claiming a medical exemption to keep me from working because I got the vaccine. Or because COVID with no further explanation, hypothetically. Mm. Because mm. what if I told you that 500 plus teachers in San Francisco were claiming that they had a medical exemption after having been vaccinated that were going that that was required to keep them from working 
now and possibly in the fall. This is happening. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep my cool. Is yeah. is really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying, try, I'm trying to keep my cool. Okay, five hundred plus vaccinated San Francisco teachers are getting medical clearance to teach from home because of COVID, right? Yes, because okay. of COVID. And once again, so this, I'm, I'm looking at a San Francisco Chronicle story that's saying San Francisco students face Zoom in a room at schools after 500 educators get medical exemptions. By the way, I didn't know you're we like, now we're all calling them educators, which I don't know how that's, is that somehow that's different. That's a piece of, it's teachers. What's wrong with a teacher? A teacher sounds, I would rather be called a teacher than an educator. That's Very just much true. Yes. And personal preference. Please always call me a teacher or a professor. Don't call me an educator. And please, God, don't call me a doctor. Uh, <laughs> not gonna get paid nearly enough for that so yes we've got uh we've got children facing zoom in a room and for those who are not aware of what zoom in a room means a lot of counties across the country unfortunately are doing this where they are saying that oh well what parents are really upset about is having to watch their kids stare at computer screens so now we're going to take them into classrooms and have someone else babysit them while they stare at computer screens and watch their teachers uh this is in my opinion it's unconscionable this is not education we have here oh right i'm quoting now from the San San Francisco Chronicle story written by Jill Tucker published on April 22nd, 2021. Thousands of San Francisco students heading back to their classrooms this month will be carrying their computers to school each day and sitting in front of a screen to learn from their teachers who will remain at home. That's because nearly 500 district teachers and classroom aides scheduled to return to in-person instruction won't because they have a medical exemption allowing them to continue teaching online even if their students at, are at school where they are supervised by a credentialed substitute or other qualified staff member. That's an estimated 10% of eligible educators. Now it's supposed this 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 move is expected to cost San Francisco taxpayers more than forty thousand per day for substitutes to supervise students in those classrooms. That comes to about one point five million dollars before summer break, and there is no guarantee that this will not continue into the fall. Now, this is your tax dollars at work and what parents need to be asking themselves, and in fact, what anyone, I'm not a parent, but I'm a taxpayer, should be asking themselves is, are you getting what you are paying for? Is this what you are paying for? Because if it's not, get your child out of this system. And I know that it's, we need to do better to have more opportunities to get kids out of this system, there's open enrollment in a lot of places where you can move your child to any school in the district or in the uh, in the county 
in some places there's not. Uh, we need to get better with school choice as a nation, but for those parents who have those mechanisms, do what you can to get your child out of this system. Because Definitely. Right now, yeah. Oh no, I'm 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 sorry. No, I I uh, there there is one guy who who speaks very well about this because he's very knowledgeable on 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 education and and how this affects children growing up. Corey DeAngelis, um, and he. They they just passed, I believe it was in Kentucky. They, they they just passed a law that was actually vetoed by the governor, that was turned around and still passed through its state legislator of where the funds follow the student. So if the student actually moves school districts, whatever money that 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 parent was originally given to that school district goes to wherever that 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 particular student is now going. Um, like on, on a very local level. So great starts to all this because I'll tell you, I am a product of public education and I am one of the rare breeds. One of the rare breeds who came out of it truly understanding how public education works and where it fails. Now, I will say this, it does produce some good things. It, it, it I mean, it's produced, it's produced me, it's produced my wife, it has produced my parents. Um, it, it produces things, um, but but the way public education has gone downhill, I mean, I've been out of high school for, I've been out of public education for going on like 10, sorry, hold up, I gotta do this quick, 15 years, 15 years now. And the, the, the change that it's been from 2006 to now is vastly different. What's being taught is vastly different and being allowed to question your teachers is vastly different and your teachers being allowed to tell you that you're wrong is vastly different i question my teachers all the time when i was in high school and times they're like you know what that's about point other times it's like nah maurice you're just being stupid shut up and sit down like which is fine and i'd be okay with that and just move on but now you're they are spending $1.5 million before the end of the summer. Like before the end of summer, we're, we're talking, it is May, end of summer. We're, we're talking three months, $40,000 a day on substitutes and stuff because teachers say, hey, I don't feel safe going back into a classroom. And I get that. And if you don't feel safe going back into a classroom, then okay. But there are consequences for your actions. If you don't feel safe, maybe you need to find a different role. Because honestly, this is not going away. If, COVID is not going away. If we are in the business of firing nurses who refuse to get vaccinated, as some, as some places are, we should be in the business of telling teachers who refuse to teach you need to find another line of work. Exactly. And this, I, I, I actually, I do not pin this for the most part on teachers. I right. don't. For sure. I, I think teachers are fantastic. Uh, I, I, I will teach as a student teacher and, and going into academia where I will face people who know more than me and will lecture me and tell me that I'm wrong and I look forward to it. This is a lot of union bosses and backwards incentives 
these are people who don't get paid more if they deliver you a better product mm -hmm. and don't get paid less if they deliver you a worse product. Right. And if you if you look at the racial discrepancies and the income discrepancies too, where, where Zoom is affecting, where, where Zoom teaching is, is most harmful in, in communities that are that are lower income, you see too many people failing to stand up and push back against these discrepancies. And that is wrong. Yeah. That's the job of educators. All right. That's if, if you are not advocating for the people you you claim to represent, if you're if you're in a union, I know you're you're saying you represent the teachers, but most union people are also teachers themselves. Mm -hmm. You represent your students mm -hmm. and you're disproportionately failing your students who are lower income and are have are from marginalized communities and backgrounds. And that is a refusal to offer or advocate any sort of solution. That's not saying I acknowledge that there's a problem and I propose a different solution. That's saying there's not even a problem. And if you do say there's a problem, you're the racist and you are anti-poverty. And that's right. a lie. And that is incompetence. And that is completely against what the spirit of teaching is for. And it, it's it, also against what we're paying for. Exactly. It's, it's like one of those, it's like, you go into a store and you as a customer, you're complaining like, so like you're saying like, hey, this does not write this, you know, like, like this is not what I want. This is not what I want. This is not what I want. And then you get the manager who comes in and says, oh, this isn't what you want. Okay. They go back. They talk to their, to, 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 to their owner who, who in this case is the, is the union rep or the actual unions, and they come back to you and say, oh, no, this is exactly what you want, and this is what we're going to give you. You have no other choice. Like, so you you think that people are representing you and that your children are being taken care of before they go in here, when in all actuality, these teachers unions do not care about your kids. They don't. They, they care about lining their pockets, about making sure they have right people in particular offices to, 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 to line their pockets with this or that or or how whatever kind of kickbacks they need to get in order to make sure they stay in power so they can, you know what, let's just have teachers work from home. You know what, let's just increase the budget for administrators and not add more teachers. Let's let's continue to 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 do one thing as opposed to actually helping the child. Let's do this. And 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 I, I'll tell you this, my 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 wife again she she's a teacher she's not an educator she's a teacher <laughs> um but the 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 area in which she works is very low income and so so she sees this on a daily basis and so when the school district said hey you guys are coming back to work in person because we have students who are who are being grossly affected by this because yes we can send everybody home with a chromebook but not everybody has internet access and then, yes, you can, people will say, well, internet access is, is, a, is a human right. Well, when you live in rural Texas and there is no satellite to give you internet access, what do you expect? Like, no, there has to be a way in which people can actually, can, in, in which if you're paying, again, anarcho-capitalists here, a lot, lot, lot of issues with, with education. But if I am paying 
for a good or service and I'm being forced to pay for it, I want it to be as efficient as possible. And so with that being said, if kids are going to be funded off of the taxes that I pay, I want it to be ran as efficient as possible. And by sitting here saying that kids learn better in a Zoom, by sending my kids to school, but, my, but, but the teachers don't have to go, I see an issue with that. I see an issue with that, especially when we're talking about if it just protects one life. If you're vaccinated, and we just talked about this, like if you're vaccinated, the whole point is you cannot get COVID if you can't get it because you're vaccinated. So what are you in fear for? Well, I don't want to spread it to anybody else. Well, if you don't want to spread it to anybody else, we there've already there've already been study after study after study to where it's statistically zero for kids to be affected by this as far as death. They may get mild symptoms here and there. But when I say statistically zero, coming from a statistics guy who took stats in high school and college and statistically zero is 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 like 99.99% or higher as as far as a success rate. You're talking like 0.001 extended out. I just saw a story today from Israel that said that they have been the schools have been open. They've got no I either no cases or barely any cases and this is also PS with kids not wearing masks indoors. This is so this this is and kids have not been under 16 has not been vaccinated. Kids are not wearing masks and we're not seeing cases of coronavirus. It's it's not some I mean Israel's great but there this could happen anywhere. This could exactly. be this country if we allowed ourselves to do this. You talk about saving on life. One thing that ha we've heard about less recently but the uh, the reporting on child abuse is going down and what people are saying is this is not a good thing this is that a lot of mandatory reporters are teachers and educators mm. and faculty so and i even met back when i was uh, i was on a road trip and i i met uh, a woman who's awesome and she was a teacher she said that while on zoom she was instructed to sort of look away or let students have their screens dark because she was also teaching in a low-income area mm. and if she saw any drug paraphernalia or if she saw anything that might indicate something not too great was going on she had to report and so she was instructed that in order to not have to report sort of to look the other way so you're talking about if it saves one life, if it helps one life, it sounds really cliche and it is, but what about the lives of the kids? Right, and exactly. You, you have a different situation though in Texas, you were saying that you yeah. you do not have teachers unions. No, we don't, we don't. And, and so um, it, it is, there is, so we don't necessarily answer to a teacher's union that's like the state of Texas or whatever district it is or whatnot. I, I don't understand. I don't know how each, I feel like each state is different as far as how they operate, partly because Texas is a right to work state. And so you're not being, so with that, you're not being forced to join a union when you when when you come into a role um, of, of for, for whatever employer that is. And so a lot of, and, and so a, a lot of everything that happens at our local level is, is very much done by our school board 
and our superintendent and it, and it all just kind of kind of flows downstream from there to the the different administrators and so forth um now that being said i'm not i will never say that our education system is great because we have the absence of unions um because it's not there are a lot of there are there are a lot of issues that we have as far as the funding um the the mere fact that that your funding only goes to it only applies to applies to your school district depending on where not depending on where your school go your, your kid goes so my school district is going to get the same amount of funding whether i whether my kids go to school there or not i can pick up and send them to a private school or send them to a different a different school district because of my ways around the issues or whatnot and that school district still has no incentive to to be better so trust me Texas, we ha we have our issues of, of education or whatnot, and and people are working on that. They 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 really are. Um, I feel like I'm trying to shed some light on that in in a lot of different areas. Probably not in the nicest way possible, but, but <laughs> exactly. I try to be as as effective as possible or whatnot. My wife tells me to calm down every now and again, but hey, you know, sometimes you just gotta tell it like it is. You just gotta tell it like it is. So. Um, but 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 also because I, I know certain schools are starting to end because this is May. We got some some like semester starting to end or whatnot. But there there is some some interesting things starting to happen that that universities are starting to do starting next fall. What is that? So it's still a lot in a lot of places. Very much in the up in the air as far mm -hmm. as I understand it. Uh, I am. I love my university, quite frankly, uh, that's why I chose it. If I didn't think it was my dream school, which it, it is, uh, it was literally my first ever first choice school in high school. So <laughs> that's I, awesome. I not, yes, it's so, it's so great. If I did not love it here, if I did not love the faculty, if I did not love the students, I would not be here. Mm. And when you love something, you know its potential. And so sometimes you can be a little bit tougher on the, on the things that you love. And I think in this case, with some of the guidance that we're seeing coming out, not just with my university, but with universities across the country, there are some things that are, in my view, really cutting undergrads in particular a raw deal. Mm -hmm. And many, I'm seeing a lot of universities saying that large undergrad lectures are going to remain held remotely. That's the expectation. Maybe some smaller seminars will be in person. Mm -hmm. And they're doing this in tandem, a lot of places, with enforcing mandatory vaccination, which, by the way, I think universities do have a right to say that you need to be vaccinated. Mm. I think, again, if it's, it's a university and they, and if you are making provisions for medical exemptions or religious exemptions, that's not unheard of, right? You right. see universities doing that all the time. So that's not something that I immediately scream, oh, this is a brand new fascism. It, mm. it, it's not, all right? <laughs> I, we're used to this. And so I am not surprised to see it. What I am surprised to see is I'm surprised to see that in tandem, or rather I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised, but I'm disappointed to see that in tandem with prohibiting undergraduates access and, and graduates access 
to a lot of learning, recreational, and research facilities. You're continuing to see occupancy caps at libraries. You're continuing to see occupancy caps at gyms. And again, I remind everyone, this is what particularly undergraduates, because a lot of grads are funded, this is what undergrads in particular are paying for, and mm. they're not getting it. They're not getting housing. They're not getting gyms. They're not getting full library access. They're getting limited library access. My university in particular, which I love, I'm going to keep saying that, mm -hmm. we've got a system where there's so much friction cost. You have, If you want to go to the library, the library. You're limited to twice a week. You're limited to four hours at a time. This, and you have to go onto a reservation system and book a reservation. So, so if if I'm limited on two times a week, four times, uh, or so, so two times a week, four hours at a time. So in essence, eight hours a week, as opposed to what I was previously privy to, which is almost like unlimited whatever are they are they reducing my my cost by that factor so if i'm no longer able to access the gym i now take the gym cost out of my college tuition fees no no so this i'm in essence i'm paying for something that i don't that i'm not allowed to use you are paying for something that you are not allowed to use and you are paying for what's very often undergrads don't have cushy living situations right you right. got noisy neighbors you got thin walls you got roommates who are smoking you it's not usually very pleasant or easy to sit and study at just uninterrupted especially if you're in a city or you're going to a big school, a lot of times libraries, for me, when I was, when I was in Chicago in particular, the library was my second home. Mm -hmm. And I will confess to falling asleep in there a couple of times. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's a haven. And you take that away from students and you don't even cut the costs. And again, mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about limiting undergrads access to lectures so so right. is that a big deal and what I would say is it is and of it's course. been a while since I've been an undergrad in a huge lecture hall usually that is for lower division mm -hmm. but what was important about that experience was first of all I had to get my butt up early in the morning eight o'clock glasses eight, yeah waking up at six for eight o'clock so I had to do the shower and the makeup and all the crazy <laughs> walk across in my high heels and that took longer too i was an actress so but <laughs> walk in and you know sit and be in that lecture hall did it matter yes because what it taught me is that i mattered enough to myself and the things that i cared about mattered enough to myself that i would wake up at six in the morning and show up in person mm. when you show up you learn that you're important enough to mm. show up and that again is the educator's job to foster that discovery it is the privilege of a lifetime right. you're also talking about students who are making these what, what you're what you're doing in undergrad in particular is you're cultivating these relationships with professors, some of whom, many of whom are going to write you letters of rec. A right. lot of whom are, again, I'll 
share a little bit of personal story time, I would not be in this situation. I would not be going to grad school if it had not been for one undergrad professor in particular mm. who had encouraged me to apply to the point of really annoying me. Uh, <laughs> and encouraging me to do so Again, these relationships, you've got students now going into almost half of their time in undergrad mm. are, not, are not having access to these relationships. Mm. So my recommendation, if you're a student, if you're an undergrad, and again, you're gonna do what you're gonna do, this is your choice. But if you're just starting undergrad this fall, please don't accept an offer of admission without getting absolute clarity on what your college's in-person instruction plans are gonna be. Yes. Please don't let anyone string you along. Yes. Find out are the costs going to be reduced if my access is going to be reduced? Right. If you're returning to campus, that's that's a great question. And I don't think people should pay tuition to learn remotely. Exactly. I think I think you have cause to take some kind of leave of protest. You got a leave of, of absence, you take a leave of protest until mm -hmm. someone reopens entirely. And that includes research resources and that includes gyms. You need to be clear on whether there will be occupancy caps or reservation limits. If there are, you are within your rights to say, this is a leave of protest. Yep. And it's, you know, for, for grad students, I think we're in a position where we should be, we should be saying more and doing more. We are TAs, sure. we're the front line. I would, I would absolutely oppose any TAs saying, well, we should be teaching remotely. And if you're a school administrator and you're hamstrung because these orders are coming down from on high from the university regents or from the state itself, you are in a really privileged position and you can tell these state heads that they need to make a change. This is an urgent need, especially for students who don't have the money and the resources to get these, you know, these critical facilities elsewhere. Definitely. And, and, and even going back to the, to the, to the, as a student, what you, what should you do? Um, people don't realize how, I won't say how easy it is, but, but you can go and talk. Like if you get your bill and you see like this fee, this fee, this fee, this fee, and this fee, you can say, Hey, I don't use that. I don't use that. Can you move it off my bill? When the, um, when, when I, when I was working on my master's, um, we had to pay fees for a gym, fees for this and fees for that. And I went in and said, uh, look, you can look, I don't access this. I don't access this. You can remove access from this, 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 and this. And that saved me about a good 12, 1300 bucks a semester because they're charging me fees for a rec center that I never went to. Um, partly because I didn't live on campus. Like I, I was at a completely different campus and what and, and and you're charging me for a place that I don't even go and so I definitely um I, like like Amanda said if you're listening to this and you're curious as to okay how do I proceed in my up and coming semester because because you know I'm I'm going to be forced into doing this or that or the other um understand that hey you know what if you're not paying for this go in and say something to somebody hey uh, I'm not utilizing this, so I should not have to pay this. If you're not giving me 100% capacity for or 100% use of this library, I shouldn't have to pay 100% of the fees. If you're only giving me 25% of the, of, of the use, I should only have to pay 25% of the fees. 
I mean, we, we do that same thing with everything else. And, and I get it. You know, most of the time, these kids are 18, 19, 20 years old going. And they don't know anything. I When I was 20 years old, I didn't know. I didn't know Tom from Jerry. Like, I always thought Tom was the was the was the mouse and Jerry was the cat, like at 20 years old. And then I then when as soon as when I became of age, I was like, Tom cat, Tom is the cat that makes sense. And so now I understand. And so knowing going back, I'm like, okay, I shouldn't have to deal with these things. And so you can't be asking, you know, a 20 year old, a 19 year old to make all these huge financial decisions, as opposed to try to understand what they're going to school for and all this and 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 all these other concepts and then get mad at them for for when they want to to understand these things and they ask questions no you still got to pay full price like and then not to mention i just saw a a, a video of of a kid who, of i feel like zoom learning has done the same exact thing that twitter has done that instagram has done that facebook has done is you yes you're talking to somebody face to face but it doesn't challenge the fact of somebody can put you in your place when you're talking to them face to face as opposed to online. I literally just saw a student just voice his opinion on an issue we were talking about last last episode with, with policing. And the teacher pretty much called him out and told him he was this, that, or the other, telling him that, oh, he was wrong and that he shouldn't be believing this. And and the 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 student was literally just like, I don't disagree with you. Like I don't understand like why you're not allowing my voice to be heard, you know? And it took another student actually stand up and say, nah, man, like you need to step back. Like I, I will fight for your right to say what you want to say. And whether or not the student was right in his beliefs is one thing. The mere fact that an adult was cutting him off and very much telling him that he should not believe what he believes and telling him that this is not the case. I feel like Zoom this distance learning has has started to allow people to start to do those things and as an educator and i will call this person an educator because i would not call him a teacher as an educator her first thing should be like okay let me at least try to open if i feel like he's wrong let me at least try to put my points out there and explain why he's wrong and then we can have a civil discord hey gotta gotta put it in there we could have some sort of discord about why you're wrong or why you're right and why you believe that as opposed to me yelling at you over the wavelengths of the internet and explain to you like this that like like that's not that's not a good show it wasn't a good show for her and it's not a good show for education when when your your professor is is able to do that and granted i've had professors call me out in in big lecture halls and say nah maurice you're wrong we're moving on and that's fine but after the fact, I was able to walk up to them after class and we could have a discussion. I could talk to them during office hours. We could have these things. If you are not giving me that experience as a 19, 20 year old, then I'm telling you, I'm not paying $50,000 a year to attend this university. And I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to, but That's man. You cannot form those multi-dimensional connections over a two-dimensional screen. You can't. I repeat. You're talking about places where you're requiring vaccination. So tell me, tell me what the logic is there. I, I could honestly, I could go off all day, but <laughs> <laughs> it, and it is about equity. I will say that it's an equity issue. It is. It, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. So um, guys, I am sorry. 
I I can tell that my my uh, my sinuses probably sound a bit off, sound a little con congested and nasally, probably because, like I said earlier, I caught the SARS COVID too. It happens, happens to the best of us, happens to ha happens to everybody. So, but if you are in college and they do um, allow you to go to the gym, stay active, stay healthy, make sure you're working out, make sure you're getting some um some. Some, some healthy activity in there. Cause I can tell you that, that if I didn't do the things that I did on a regular basis, my symptoms would probably be far worse than what it, than, than, than what they are right now. Um, I test my lungs probably once a week. I know that sounds weird, but I test my breathing every often to make sure that I, that I can breathe and hold my breath for a long period of time. And when if I didn't have that capability, my I I would probably feel a, a whole lot different than than how I feel right now. And I'm telling you, I on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably about a nine and a half or so outside of the the nasal congestion. Sound like if I feel like I just have a sinus infection. Um, so if you guys are able to do that, do that. I assure you. Um, Amanda, do you have anything else to add? No, just hopefully next week getting you back at a ten or a nine point. <laughs> vaccination effectivity rate is so. exactly exactly so um guys thank you guys thank you for listening um if you guys just want to do us a favor feel free to subscribe um subscribe to the to the podcast wherever you listen to this if you are listening to this on itunes or stitcher or wherever please feel free to write us a five-star rating and review let us know how we're doing um civil discord that is what we're all about just bringing issues to light talking about them civilly and understanding that even though that Amanda and I may not agree on everything, um, she mentioned something about universities and vaccines. And I was like, I didn't quite agree with that. But even though we don't agree with everything, we are here to talk those, to talk those disagreements out and to know and understand, like rationalize how we got to our position and understand that. And if I'm wrong, then I will gladly be wrong. And I will admit that and we'll, and we'll move on. I haven't been wrong about COVID. I haven't been wrong about a lot of things. You can ask my wife. I'm right about 99% of the time. The other 1% of the time, I was mistaken. So that that's how things go. But again, um, write us a rating and review. Leave us a five-star uh, a five star comment. We're slowly going to be coming out on tw on Twitter. We're, going to get, we're coming up with a Twitter pretty soon. We're going to come up with an Instagram as well. So when those come out, we'll have you, we'll have you follow us on that as well too. But until then... We'll see you next time. Y'all take it easy.